This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, July 11th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Former executives at OpenAI are behind the new artificial intelligence chatbot. We'll learn about it in our next segment. But right now, a measure of America's small businesses is out today, head of the latest inflation data, which is due tomorrow. We're joined by Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Paul, thank you for joining us today. Before we talk about the small business sentiment index, uh, the the smart money seems to believe that uh, we're going to get a 3% read on CPI when that comes out tomorrow morning. Yeah, that's right. Uh, But the number you really want to watch is the number that excludes food and energy. And I know your listeners are going to say, well, why exclude food and energy? I need those things most of all. Well, the answer is that those things jump around quite a lot. And so if you want to figure out the trend in inflation, you need to leave out food and energy. And that core, without food and energy, we think is the part that the Federal Reserve is going to be watching most closely. If it stays sticky, in other words, if it stays above 4%, we expect a rate hike next week and then more to come later this year. And the analyst's expectation is the uh, core CPI to uh, clock in at about uh, 5%, so still a ways to go from that 2% target that the Federal Reserve has been kind of focused on ever since inflation took off two years ago. The National Federation of Independent Businesses says its Small Business Optimism Index jumped 1.6 points to 91 last month. That's the greatest month-to-month improvement since August of 2022. What do the sentiments surveys tell economists and what do they tell policymakers well they they tell us that that people are still very happy and are quite willing to spend cash to travel uh, to spend time in hotels get on airplanes go to restaurants and small businesses are the main beneficiaries in that regard and so small businesses yeah they're feeling a little bit better about things they're actually planning to hire more people uh, and they believe they have the ability to raise prices further as well and that's also going to weigh on that uh, that negative scenario. It's going to make that negative scenario a little darker for inflation going forward. And uh, as far as the uh, small business owner is concerned, uh, they have uh, they, they definitely see uh, sunshine on their shoulders, and it's uh, the, the most positive read on the economy and just the their overall business situation since February of 2022 uh, when the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine sent uh, gas prices skyrocketing. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, of course, the better the economy does, the, the better the chances are that gas prices will rebound. So we're not taking this uh, this little ray of sunshine here as anything to build a, a portfolio around. Uh, this is probably just another sign that the economy uh, has, has a little bit further to run uh, before it hits recession. But we think we're going to get there. 
As far as Fed policymakers are concerned, I mean, I, I made a joke last week that uh, there have been enough uh, critical junctures uh, in their in their decision making process. But it seems like this one is more critical than all the rest, because this could be the one that sets up the economy for that small that that soft landing. Yeah, soft landing or pushes the economy even further uh, towards recession. Uh, look, uh, they've already hiked rates from near zero to up around five percent. Uh, if they keep going like this, the cumulative impact of those interest rate hikes is going to make it much, much more expensive to borrow money. It's already five, six, seven percent to borrow money for a home. Businesses are also going to experience higher rates. So, yes, going forward, if the Fed can't get to the sidelines before the end of this year, it does look to us like the economy is going to face increasing headwinds from those rates. Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy with the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis, joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home. Coming up, another chatbot entering the growing AI race. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The company Anthropic, founded by former research execs at OpenAI, have released its new chatbot. Let's get the latest from Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, professor of advanced media in residence at the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Shelley, thank you for joining us today. Tell us all about Claude 2. So Claude is a chatbot that's going to look to almost everyone exactly the same as ChatGPT. It's not the same. Uh, Claude is a different model. It's a different large language model. If you're a U.S. citizen or a U.K. citizen, those of you listening probably are, you can go to the Anthropic website and try it out. It's going to be more conversational than ChatGPT plus the uh, paid version, which is based on GPT-4 or 3.5, a combination. It, it even has a little bit of a sense of humor, which is kind of fun. Um, and look, it's going to be in the eyes of the beholder. I think the, the most important thing you can do if you are someone who likes to use conversational AI or chatbots as interfaces into large language models, it's time to go check out the new kid on the block. Now, we, we, we've had a great deal of discussion about AI this year and some of the ways it can be used. Uh, it can save you time on certain mundane writing tasks. It can uh, create pictures of uh, Elon Musk hanging out with the Pope. Uh, it could potentially take your job. It could potentially be the end of civilization as we know it. But it seems like the the, the, the large, uh, the, the big tech companies that are uh, all trying to, uh, that are involved in the this AI tech race, it just seems like a battle of the models and that the company with the best model is the one that's going to win or at least make a lot of money. Okay, first of all, let's break this down. Productivity is the key driver of economic success. There's only two ways to make money. You can either charge more for your goods and services, which is hard because market tends to set the price, or you can spend less creating your goods and services. So Generative AI, as it has been brought to consumers since November 30th, 2022, in the form of chat GPT and other chat clients and uh, tools like MidJourney and Stable Diffusion and Dolly to make images, are all productivity enhancers. And so if you analyze your business and you say, well, where can I pick up 1, 2, 5, 10, 20%, 50% efficiency in my productivity? These are all great places to use these tools, and there's no way to minimize the impact of taking an average knowledge worker and making them 5 to 25% more productive almost immediately, like within a few hours of training. What happens after that 
is going to be very interesting because as we incorporate these large language models into workflow and process, that's where the value is going to be created for the large language model builders because you run the you run your training and you run the inference workload on that infrastructure. So the big tech companies are going to have an advantage. But by the way, in, in, uh, improvements and dramatic improvements in model efficiencies are coming every day. And so while Claude is a large language model, there are models that are only 7 billion parameters like Llama that are out there that are doing a really good job and maybe all you need, depending on what the business outcome you're attempting uh, is calling for. And it seems like I'm imagining a future where 20 years from now and uh, AI is definitely part of uh, the workplace productivity model. It's it's a part of life. It's made us that much more productive as workers. Looking back on life before AI, the same way we would uh, watch the movie Apollo 13, where they're trying to solve major problems with a slide rule. Uh, absolutely. Look, this technology has been around since the 40s, but what we are calling, I should say this technology, AI has been around since the 40s. Generative AI has been around since 2017. We're going to have uh, this technology, generative AI, incorporated, literally, Rob, into every single place it can be incorporated, and it will become just part of the woodwork. Like, you don't ask your your people, if you're a, an executive at a business, oh, what database are we using? You, you don't care. You just want to make sure the data is in the database. You, you don't really care what, what the program is or what code was this written with React or Python or JavaScript. That's not your job. So it, wondering which large language model you're using is going to be a thing of the past very soon. And it won't be 20 years. It's going to be more like three or four, where this is just Microsoft fully incorporated, that Google's fully incorporated, that every tool, every toy, every program that you use from video editing to music production to word processing. It'll just, this will just be part of it. We see it now. I mean, it's happening now. So it's not a thing of the future. There's tremendous initiatives to incorporate um, generative AI every place it can be incorporated. By the way, there are other kinds of AI, neural networks and uh, generative adversarial networks. They're all been around for a while and they're all still in great use. So, you know, this is just this is one little stepping stone in and we're in a huge hype cycle and everyone's excited about it, as they should be. But let's not get ahead of our skis. This is just a productivity tool. Well, let's treat it as such. Shelley Palmer, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, strategies to negotiate credit card debt. It's lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. As people struggle with rising credit card debt, there are things you can do to help keep things under control. Let's get some help from Ted Rossman, industry analyst with CreditCards.com based in New York. Ted, thank you for joining us today. And those higher credit card balances are merely an offshoot of inflation that even if you... Uh, kept inside your normal uh, spending patterns, uh, what might have been uh, reasonable four years ago could be a big burden today. That's right. Yeah, a bunch of trends are colliding here. High inflation, higher interest rates. We're seeing the highest credit card rates on record, 20.55% on average. We're also seeing more people carrying debt, 46% of cardholders up from 39% a year ago. And those balances are higher, too. It's a record $986 billion, according to the New York Fed. So really no better time than the present to pay down your credit card debt. Now, what are some things you can do, I mean, outside of just going ahead and paying down that credit card debt? Uh, what are some things you can do to uh, knock down that balance so you're no longer paying that uh, very high compound interest rate? My top tip would be to get a 0% balance transfer card. These offers last as long as 21 months. 
examples include the Wells Fargo Reflect, the Bank AmeriCard, and the City Diamond Preferred. Avoiding interest for nearly two years is a tremendous tailwind. You typically need good to excellent credit to qualify. So if you have a lower score or if you just need some more help, then I would suggest working with a reputable nonprofit credit counseling agency like Money Management International. They can negotiate better terms, maybe something like a 7 or 8% rate over four or five years. It's not zero, but it's a longer term, and it's more accessible for the masses. Now, are there some uh, services that uh, do promise to help you renegotiate your credit card debt uh, that could be uh, disreputable or could be trying to rip you off? I mean, what are some places that you can go to that you know you can trust? There's an important distinction between these reputable nonprofit credit counseling agencies like Money Management International and GreenPath and other members of the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. That, I think, can be really helpful. What I don't like as much are the for-profit debt settlement agencies. Debt settlement really trashes your credit because of a few things. One is their go-to tactic is to tell you to stop paying for a while. And then they try to use that as leverage to negotiate a settlement. But late payments stack up, credit score damage, late fees. The card company may not even agree to the settlement offer. Um, But even if they do, that in and of itself is another blemish on your credit for settling for less than you owe. So I would strive to pay it all back. But use some of these strategies like nonprofit credit counseling or a 0% balance transfer to save money along the way. Ted Rossman, industry analyst with CreditCards.com in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, planning a trip to celebrate your love of golf. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The future of Northwestern University football will not include Coach Pat Fitzgerald. Executives of the PGA Tour are on Capitol Hill to testify before Congress. Travel Tuesday, golf tourism is hot these days. We'll look at some of the top trips. Cargo pants and halter tops are among some early 2000s fashions that are making a comeback. WBBM Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 211 points. The NASDAQ up 23. S&P 500 up 13. We have 86 degrees right now in Chicago under mostly sunny skies. Could see a thunder shower this afternoon. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, the most high-profile person in Northwestern University athletics is no longer with the program. The details from Judson Richards. The one constant for Northwestern football has been their head coach in Pat Fitzgerald. On Monday afternoon, the university parted ways with him. Fitzgerald's firing comes in the wake of a two-week unpaid suspension that was announced by the school Friday following a university-commissioned investigation into hazing allegations surrounding the program. Then the Northwestern Daily published reports on Saturday and Monday afternoon with details of hazing allegations and additional racism allegations from former players. 
Fitzgerald is out after 17 seasons. Also unfolding for the university is allegations of a toxic environment with the baseball program with issues surrounding the leadership of their head coach and Jim Foster. Reported by our sister station, 670 The Score, Foster allegedly made racially insensitive remarks, made inappropriate comments to a female staffer, and there have been reports of bullying, among other things. Judson Richards, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. PGA Tour executives are testifying before a congressional subcommittee about the deal to bring Saudi investment into the PGA Tour. The subcommittee, chaired by Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, is looking to determine how the investment by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund aligns with the kingdom's political interests. This is PGA Tour board member Jimmy Dunn. My concern was that if it all continued, expensive legal fights, every day wondering which player was going to leave next. A fan base tired of hearing about it. Sponsors nervous. Golf, as we know it, would be damaged forever. PGA Chief Operating Officer Ron Price also appeared before the panel. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are gaining ground. We're joined on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home by Vahan Janjigian, Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management in Greenwich, Connecticut. Vahan, thank you for joining us today. We get the June CPI numbers out tomorrow, the latest reading on inflation, and markets are feeling uh, fairly positive this afternoon yeah that's right everybody is waiting for that uh, cpi number tomorrow and then of course the next day we get the ppi number the producer price index and um those things can tell us quite a bit about what the fed might or might not do at its next meeting um you know last week we saw the uh, jobs report um it was a little bit uh lower than expected but still very strong So there's a concern that the Fed may continue to raise rates. Um, However, if the CPI tomorrow and the PPI uh, the following day come in um, much lower than expected, then uh, I think there's some hope that the Fed may be done or at least be very close to being done raising interest rates. So is that that's what's uh, potentially driving this investor optimism today? Well, I think so, but I think there's also a few other things going on. Like, for example, uh, so far this year, we've seen uh, quite a bit of strength in um, in uh, the so-called Magnificent Seven stocks, a handful of technology stocks that have really driven um, up the um, the Nasdaq index and also uh, the S and P 500 because they're because they're in, in that index as well. Um, however, the uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the uh, the Russell 2000, which tracks small cap stocks, those have really lagged. Um, the last couple of days, however, we've seen seen a bit of a reversal in that. So there's some hope that the rest of the market may be catching up to uh, these large cap uh, technology stocks that have performed so well. So, so I think that's also driving uh, driving stocks higher. After uh, we get through the uh, CPI and the PPI reports, the uh, next signpost on the economic journey is uh, second quarter earnings season. And what are analysts looking for when J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup all report? Yeah, you're right. So, so this Friday, um, uh, several of the big banks will will report. Um, and then, of course, uh, next week we start getting into the real heart of the earnings season. So, um, you know, there is some hope that these banks will do pretty well. Um, so we, we've been caught a little bit off guard because banks tend to do a little bit better when interest rates go up. However, the yield curve has been so inverted that they haven't been able to um, to do business the normal way, which basically means – 
um, you know, borrow short and lend, lend long at higher rates. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what these banks report. Um, there's been a lot of concern about the banking sector, of course, because the Fed's interest rate hikes have really hurt the regional banks. The large banks have been a, a bit stronger and holding up. But, you know, keep in mind that when interest rates go up, even though large banks have trouble competing with things like, uh, you know, treasury bonds, um, and a lot of people have taken money out of the uh, out of their bank accounts to buy, you know, short term uh, government bonds. Vahan Jenjigian, Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management in Greenwich, Connecticut. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, putting golf at the center of your next adventure. It's cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. One of the hot areas on the vacation front right now is golf tourism. Let's discuss some strategies for a great trip with Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale. Website travelbta.com. Angie, thank you for joining us today. And booking that golf vacation is uh, uh, simply not not a matter of just simply uh, calling up the links at St. Andrews and just uh, telling the starter you'd like a tea time. You are absolutely correct. Now, it may start there because if you want to go on a golf experience and there's no tea time, you're probably going to want to move those dates around. So a lot of times we start with the tea times, but there's certain certainly other complexities to making sure that golf experience is exactly what you hope for. Now, what are some of the uh, uh, like the marquee golf vacation experiences that people want to book, they just have to do? Certainly, it's the destination, of course. Europe is a popular destination. The United Kingdom, Scotland, Ireland, we do a lot of unique golf experiences to Ireland. And it's a great destination from Chicago because you got quite a few options for direct flights. And it's really not a long flight. So it's doable for a four or five night itinerary, sometimes even shorter. You also have to consider the other components of golf. A lot of times golf experiences are couples getting together or it's a guy's trip, bachelor trip, um, birthday celebration. So you want to make sure that the other festivities are planned around the golf. Knowing that I'm in Arizona, we have the popular Phoenix Open. And a lot of times we organize trips and itineraries around the golf tournament but it's not just getting to the golf tournament and being able to set up your tee time. It's also concert venues and making sure you're on that 16th hole at the tournament and working the golf around so that it's an enjoyable itinerary, dinner reservations and things like that. And of course, you know, it's a busy time of year to plan golf around peak season. So you're also going to want to really be on top of booking your resort reservations ahead of time. Now, when it comes to uh, finding different courses at which to play, um, you, you probably do some homework, too, because there are some places where you can't just walk in off the street or off the airplane or out of the resort and just uh, show up. They could have some some policies that you may, you have to be aware of. Absolutely. And some of the golf clubs are membership based and they you really have to work through the country club to get spots. You know, St. Andrews is a hot ticket, for example, anyone wanting to golf. Um, you know, St. Andrews, you're booking oftentimes a year in advance and those tea times sell out. And for an Ireland itinerary, it's not just about the golf, it's about exploring Ireland. So there's a lot of moving parts. You might be in the ring of Kerry for two, three days golfing those wonderful courses and then moving up north. Um, golfing courses near Galway. 
I will tell you some of the other hot destinations that are a little bit easier to get to. Obviously, you know, Florida is a popular destination. I love Cabo for golf. I also love um, what's available in the Cancun area. Mayacopa is a fantastic property. I favor the Bayanian tree as far as where to stay. But there's several options. There's also villas. There's three or four resorts um, that are part of the Mayacopa community, and they have fantastic golf. It's also fun for family. So there's other activities to do aside from golf. And it's a great opportunity to introduce somebody to golf for the first time. So the next time a family is planning their trip to Hawaii, you know, consider that experience with golfing with your spouse for the first time or maybe those children that have an interest in um, learning golf. And it really creates a lot of camaraderie. I mean, my kids started golfing during the pandemic and it's become like a Sunday routine for our family. The other thing to consider is executive courses for new golfers versus those courses that are more designed for your scratch golfers or handicapped golfers. So look for, you know, opportunities to um, stay at resorts that also have executive courses. For example, if you're coming to Phoenix and you want to try out golf, I love Mount Shadows. They have a great executive course. And it's also a fun way if the guys are golfing and the women are are enjoying time at the pool. It's not an all-day activity to golf. You can kind of mix, you know, the golf into the routine. And with executive courses, you know, it's more of a half-day activity versus a full-day activity. So those are things when you're trying to learn how to incorporate golf into um, a travel experience. And then, of course, you have your your fanatics that want to golf, you know, two rounds in one day and, and maybe every day on their trip. So you definitely have different people. Um, looking for different experiences centered around golf. Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thanks for joining us today. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. One of the latest trends in fashion involves throwbacks to the early 2000s. Let's learn more from Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. And it seems like the 20-year nostalgia cycle is undefeated. And that is, like, think back to the 1970s where uh, the 50s, Everybody want to go back to the 50s. Happy Days was the big TV show. Go to the 90s. That 70s show was a hit and launched a bunch of stars. Here we are in 2023, and people, for reasons known only to them, are nostalgic for those lazy, hazy days of 2003. (laughs) 2003, and that's why they call it the Y2K trend. And I'll tell you, though, I mean, you mentioned the whole 70s thing. Some of this stuff that we're seeing out there, we're seeing a lot of, like, monochrome pantsuits, which to me are more reminiscent of leisure suits than they are anything else. And that, you know, that goes back to the 70s and even into the 80s. So we've got a lot of weird stuff going on out there, Rob, in terms of trends, because on one hand, we've got this short mini, the baby tees, the tight short skirts. And then on the other hand, there's, there's a movement towards longer skirts with like a short tight, you know, so we've got a lot of going a lot of things going on out there what are you seeing and what are you wearing what am i wearing right now well right now i'm probably wearing a a, a, a button-down shirt that i had 20 years ago no i'm, I'm just wearing you know basic uh, office attire right now but i was just thinking um cargo pants are, are part of this mm-hmm. y2k fashion trend i could go to my parents house right now and pull out all of the clothes i have not thrown away from college put it on poshmark and make a mint you, you probably could, and there's a there's a part of this too with this uh, with these Gen Zers that they're raiding grandma's closet. 
They're going into their grandmother's closets. They're seeing things like baggy jeans, which, you know, they used to be, you know, the high-waisted baggy jeans, which used to be called mom's jeans, you know, 15 years ago, even 20 years ago. Now they're hip again, and they're in grandma's closet. So they're finding a lot of these things. i got to tell you this, too, though. One of the, the, this is a huge challenge for retailers and for manufacturers because some of these trends just come and go, and some are more sticky. And it's hard for them to figure out what is sticky or what's a micro trend? What's going to be a flash in the pan here today, gone tomorrow? I was going to say very quickly uh, that is a challenge for business because uh, how does the how do the retailers of today uh, orient their business around making a, around an, uh, 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 a marketplace that wants to look like a trip to the Orland Square Mall circa 2002? <laughs> Exactly. It's a, it's a really huge problem. And so obviously these these retailers, and we're talking, you know, everyone from like a Zara and an H&M, which has always been a fast fashion trend place, but, but even Nordstrom's or Walmart's and Macy's all looking, at, all looking at social media, TikTok, Instagram, how are these kids dressing? And some of these kids are dressing in kind of an anything goes approach. You know, there's something called maximalism, colorful knitwear, kind of boxy, but over, uh, you know, kind of crazy footwear and maybe a printed dress. And so it's it's a it's really it's hard for these retailers to really keep up on trend. Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer, thank you for joining us today. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at wbbmnewsradio.com and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.